Hello, everyone. I'm Jerry Savelle. Thank you for joining me today. It's an honor to come to you and to share the Word of God with you. And I pray that over the next few moments, God will say something through this television broadcast that's going to touch your life, inspire your faith, and cause you to desire to be the winner that He wants you to be. God wants you to be a winner in life in every area of your life. Today, we're going to be talking about God's goodness. What a great subject. God is good and He doeth good, the Bible says. Everything about God is good, and everything He does is good. And I believe that you and I are headed for a time in which we're going to experience the goodness of God in our lives like never before. Now, I've experienced it now for 49 years, but God keeps saying, Son, you haven't seen anything yet. So I want to encourage you to believe God for manifestations of His goodness in your life like you've never experienced before. Now, today, I'm going to take you into a meeting that we conducted out at Eagle Mountain Church, Kenneth Copeland Ministries, and I was a speaker in a conference that was being conducted there, and it was such a powerful meeting that we have decided to share it with you on this television broadcast. So I want you to watch very closely. If possible, take notes, and uh, I'll be back in just a few moments with some closing remarks. So be blessed as you watch this broadcast. Open your Bibles to Psalm 31. And look at verse 19. Oh, how great is thy goodness, which thou hast laid up for them that fear thee, which thou hast wrought for them that trust in thee before the sons of men. If you haven't done so, please highlight or underline the phrase laid up. Notice, goodness has been laid up for them that fear and reverence God. Can you say amen? amen? Now go to Isaiah chapter 64. Isaiah chapter 64. And verse 4. For since the beginning of the world, men have not heard, nor perceived by the ear, neither hath the eye seen, O God, beside thee, which he has prepared for him that waiteth for him. And notice the phrase, hath prepared. Say this with me, laid up, laid up. And, has and has prepared. So it sounds like to me that the Bible is telling us that God has some things in reserve that you and I have not experienced thus far. Can you say amen? amen. God has been good to me and God has been good to you but we haven't seen all the goodness that is about to be poured out upon us. Amen. We're about to tap into the reserves. How I many of you could use some of the reserve? Hallelujah. Notice it's laid up and it has been prepared. Now Philippians 4:19 says, My God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. So riches in glory would indicate there is a reservoir. Yes. Could you say amen? Yes. Look at your neighbor and say, there is a reservoir. Yes. A reservoir means a large and vast supply. Immense, unusually great and boundless. So there is a boundless supply, an immense supply, an unusually 
great supply, a large and vast supply. And it's called in Philippians 4.19, in his riches in glory. Hallelujah. And once again, no one in here has tapped all that that reservoir contains. Can you say amen? amen? I've experienced a lot of it, and so have you. But there is so much more that we have never tapped into. And I keep hearing the Spirit of God say that coming this year, I was praying about this in the latter part of 2017. And he kept sensing, I kept sensing in my spirit the Lord saying, the reserves are opening. The supply is now available. And you and I are going to experience the goodness of God in 2018 like we've never experienced it before. And I think you ought to give God a good shout and a praise in advance. Amen. I sense in my spirit once again that 2018 will be a year in which the reserves will be released upon those who have remained faithful. The Bible says the faithful man shall abound in blessings. What's that to say about the unfaithful? They're not going to be abounding. It's the faithful that abound. There's never been a, a more important time in our lives that we determine that we're going to be faithful. No matter what comes our way, no matter what kind of attack, no matter what kind of pressure we're under, and no matter what everybody else is doing, you and I have to determine that we're going to remain faithful. Amen. You know, I, I attribute a lot of my uh, recovery to my wife's faithfulness. When the doctors told her that I may never preach again, that I may not ever be normal again, that I may never, you know, be the man that she knew all these years. We've been married almost 52 years now. And, and, and when they told her that, she wouldn't accept it. Now, I wasn't aware that she was being told that at the time. I was still recovering. But my wife wouldn't accept that. She said no. That is not the way it's going to be. And then later when I began to recover and I found out what they had told her, I said, no, that's not the way it's going to be because I haven't finished my course. I still got a lot of living to do and a lot of preaching to do, praise God. Amen. And for almost 49 years, it'll be 49 years come February uh, just in a few days, it'll be 49 years that I have been preaching the gospel around the world and I have endeavored to live a life of faithfulness. And I attribute that to, as to why I am abounding. Hallelujah. Abounding. I've been faithful to my wife. I've been faithful to my children. I've been faithful to my grandchildren. I've been faithful to Brother Copeland. I've been faithful to the body of Christ. I've been faithful to my God. I've been faithful to my calling. I think I'm in line for abounding. I think I'm in line, praise God, to experience the overflow. Hallelujah. Can you say amen? amen. And if you've been faithful, then you ought to expect it as well. Glory to God. 
I loved Oral Roberts and I considered him a spiritual grandfather. And he went to Africa with me in 19, well, 1986. And he had just turned 70 years old. And I remember him telling me on the way over there, we were flying to uh, London first and then from London to Nairobi. And I had a meeting set up with the president of the nation, Daniel Moy at the time. And I was going to build a medical facility and I was going to ask the president for the land to build it on. And then I was going to donate it to the nation after we completed it. So brother Roberts wanted to go to that meeting with me. And um, so flying over there, I remembered something that Evelyn told me before we got on the airplane at DFW. She said, no, Jerry, you'll have to watch him because he'll wander off and get lost. I said, Oral Roberts, this great man of faith. She said, I have to watch him all the time. And anybody that is responsible for him, you'll have to watch him because he likes to just wander off. So man, I'm watching him. I'm watching him. I, I set him right next to me on the airplane and flew to JFK first. Then we had to catch a flight from JFK to London. And uh, we got to our gate in, at JFK. I said, Brother Robert, you sit down right here. I'm going to get in line and get our boarding passes. This is all before you can get it all in advance, you know. And I said, you sit right here and I'm going to get in that line right there and I'm going to get our boarding passes. Okay. And he had this favorite hat that he brought with him. It was a fedora hat, looked like the hat that uh, Tom Landry used to wear, you know, the coach of the Cowboys back in the day. And uh, he loved that hat. And, and uh, Evelyn had told me it's his favorite hat. Watch it because he'll leave it somewhere. And so I had him sitting there on the front, on the, on the front row and his hat was with him. And I'm, I'm going through the line to get our boarding passes. And I'd turn around and make sure he's still there. And I'd get up a little closer and I'd turn around and make sure he's still there. And finally it got to be my time and I'm getting the boarding passes. And when I completed that, I turned around, Oral Roberts is gone and the hat's sitting on the chair. I thought, we're in, we're in JFK. Where in the world is he? The people, is everywhere. And I, I looked as far as I could see both directions. I couldn't find old Roberts. And, uh, and now it's about time to board. So I picked up his hat, made sure I got the hat. At least I'd bring the hat home if I can't find old Roberts. You know? <laughs> and so I got part of my job fulfilled, you know. And uh, so I'm looking everywhere. I'm looking at the watch and it's about time to board. I don't want to miss this flight. Where do you find somebody that's missing in JFK? And so finally, I saw this, this hallway with some stairs. I thought, well, surely he didn't go down there. But I walked down the stairs, and there's Oral Roberts at the end of the hall, just looking around. I said, Brother Roberts, what are you doing down here? He said, I'm looking for a bathroom. I said, well, it's too late. The flight is about to leave. You come with me. He said, I've got to go to the bathroom. I said, not now. You can do it when you get on the plane. And so we got on the plane and he didn't know that he had left his hat in that chair. He hadn't even thought about that. Hadn't even mentioned the hat. I had it behind my back where he didn't see it. And we put our, you know, briefcases overhead 
when we finally got, you know, to our cruising altitude and we could get up, I said, Brother Roberts, you can go to the bathroom now. He went to the bathroom and while he was in there, I took his hat down and put it on. And when he came back, he looked at me and said, I've got a hat just like that. <laughs> I said, it's your hat. You would have left it at JFK. And I remember when we got to, uh, to Nairobi, I told him, I said, no, Brother Roberts, I've got a lot to do over here. I said, in fact, I've got to meet with a president in just about an hour or so. And, uh, and then I've got a charter flight uh, and uh, we're gonna fly to Cuckamega. And as soon as I get there, uh, I've got a, a, a pastor seminar that I'm starting. And I'm gonna be doing this routine for the next week. I've got a pastor seminar in the mornings. I've got uh, dedicating new churches we built in the afternoons. And then I've got an open air crusade, crusade every night. And so, you know, I'm going to be extremely busy. I don't know if I'll get to spend a whole lot of time with you. He said, that's fine. I just wanted to come and be with you. And then he said this to me. He said, now, um, you know, I just turned 70. He said, I, I can't preach as long as, as you guys do now. He said, I used to preach long sermons. He said, but I can't preach that long anymore. And I can't lay hands on people standing up uh, like I used to for a very long time. I have to have a, a, a chair to sit in or a stool or something. I said, that's fine. That's fine. Uh, and so far, I hadn't even asked him to preach yet. He just let me know that. <laughs> and then when I got there, I realized that most of my pastors got born again in his crusade when he was over there in 1969. And when I realized that, I thought, well, what a great opportunity for him to come and impart into them. And so I told him uh, that, uh, in fact, he had told me uh, anything I wanted him to do while he was there, just command him to do it. I said, Brother Roberts, I have a problem with commanding you. You can command me, but I'm not commanding you to do anything. He said, whose trip is this, mine or yours? I said, it's mine. You asked to come with me. He said, then you're in charge and you command me to do whatever you want me to do. I said, well, it's not likely that'll happen, but thank you. But then when I realized all these pastors got born again in his meetings, I knocked on his door and I said, I command you to come and preach and lay hands on my pastors. He said, I'll get my hat. <laughs> I don't know why he needed that hat, but I'm sure glad I found it in JFK so he could wear it in Kenya. But he told me when he got up to preach, once again, he said, I'm 70 years old. I can't preach as long as I used to. I'll have to sit in a stool to lay hands on them. And he said, but I'll, I'll do my best. So I turned it over to him. And of course the people, they didn't know he was there. They didn't know he'd come with me. He'd been in hotel all this time. And when Oral Roberts came in, the place just went wild that Oral Roberts was there in their village, you know. And what a, what a great honor it was. And so I turned it over to him to preach and he preached and he preached and he preached and then he preached. And I walked up to him. I said, I command you to stop. <laughs> it's time to lay hands on them. He said, okay. And so he laid hands on all of them and, uh, and we went back and just had a, a great time the whole time we was there. 
70 years old and he couldn't do what he used to do. What a joke. <laughs> Brother Copeland just turned 81. I just turned 71. We both uh, have birthdays in December, right along with Jesus. There's something about that, you know. <laughs> Jesus, Brother Copeland, and myself. And uh, do you, do, does it look like to you that he's slowing down in the least? Not at all. In fact, all I hear him talking about is going further. Amen. Increasing, advancing. Hallelujah. Amen. And with what you and I are called to do in these last days, it's going to take that vast supply. It's going to take tapping into that reservoir. Amen. I remember hearing Brother Copeland say many years ago, that if God walked in, and we were in a meeting that had about a thousand people in it, and he said, if, if God walked in this auditorium today and he blessed everyone in here with finances that made you extremely will, uh, wealthy beyond your wildest imaginations, he wouldn't even tap his capital reserve. So what does God have? How much does God have? What do you need? Is it too big for God? I don't think so. He's talking about a reservoir that has not been tapped yet. Amen. Now, notice once again, how great is thy goodness, which thou has laid up. Look at your neighbor and say, there's goodness laid up for me that I have never experienced. Amen. It, it would take the Holy Spirit to reveal to you exactly what that involves. Yes. Our minds, natural minds, can't comprehend it. In fact, Paul is quoting over in 1 Corinthians chapter 2 what we read in Isaiah chapter 64. And Paul says that it would take the Holy Spirit revealing to us all that he has prepared for us because our natural minds can't figure it out. Our natural minds can't conceive it. And you say, amen. Have you ever had the pleasure of visiting someone who is extremely wealthy, lived on a much higher level than you had ever known before, that you had ever experienced before? I've had that privilege, that opportunity. And I asked the Lord, why he opened that door for me. And he said, because I wanted you to see that no matter what you've experienced thus far, there's more. There's more. Look at your neighbor and say, there's more. There's more. Say, there's more, in store. there's more in store. And it's got your name on it. Hallelujah. Can you say amen? Amen. Amen. First Corinthians chapter two, verses nine and 10 Paul repeats what we just read in Isaiah chapter 54. And the message translation says, no one's ever seen nor heard anything like this. No one's ever seen nor heard anything like this. He's talking about what the eyes haven't seen, the ears haven't heard, and what the heart has not conceived. No one ever seen or heard anything like this never so much as imagined anything quite like this. 
what God has arranged for those who love him. And notice there's another new phrase. We saw laid up, we saw prepared, and now we're seeing this new phrase, has arranged. Sounds like to me, once again, that God's been working on something good. Look at your neighbor and tell him like old Roberts used to say at the end of his broadcast, something good is about to happen to you. Tell the other person on the other side, something good is about to happen to you. Amen. The word arranged carries the idea of something having been planned in advance. Something that has been planned in advance. Hallelujah. Now, I believe the reason why that we haven't tapped into more of the goodness of God that's been on reserve, even though we've all experienced some of it, not all of it, but some of it, is because we hadn't reached maturity yet. Let me try this side of the building over here. Most of the body of Christ has not matured enough to handle what's in reserve. But dear God, we've been at it for a long time now. Maybe we're getting closer. Look at your neighbor and say, I know I got to be getting closer. Amen. God's had it on reserve. Goodness. And goodness can manifest in many ways. Amen. Financially, every good and perfect gift comes from above. Amen. The airplane you've been believing God for, if it manifested this year, wouldn't that be an act of God's goodness? That building you've been believing for, if it manifested this year, wouldn't that be an act of God's goodness? Well, get ready, somebody. Praise God, because the reserves are being opened. Hallelujah. This is the year we're going to tap the reserve. Come on, give the Lord a shout, praise God. Amen. What God has arranged for those who love him. So notice once again, laid up, arranged, and what's the other phrase? Are you listening? Prepared. Amen. God has been preparing, arranging, and he's laid up goodness that you and I have never tapped. And I believe we're headed for it very rapidly this year. Praise God. Amen. It's time to put an end to frustration and start seeing results in your life. Are you under financial pressure without anything ever seeming to change? In the inspiring book, Receive God's Best, Jerry Savelle gives direction on how to position yourself for God's breakthrough. God knows the state of your financial affairs, and He knows how to fix them. Learn how to apply practical, down-to-earth principles and experience God's best in your life. In the powerful three-CD message, Making Room for His Glory, Jerry shares how when life gets challenging, you can rise above it through the presence of God. 
you'll learn what you must do to welcome the glory of God into your life, which will help you overcome any obstacle. Don't wait. Call or go online to jerrysavelle.org now and request the God's Goodness Resource Package, including the book, Receive God's Best, and the three-CD teaching, Making Room for His Glory. Now is the time to walk in the undeniable presence of God and be empowered to live victoriously. Did you enjoy the message today? I trust that you did. And if you did, then I want to encourage you to be sure and join me again next week for part two of this message. Don't you dare miss it because the best part is coming up next week. Talking about God's goodness. God's goodness is on reserve for you like you have never experienced before. I want to read this scripture once again from Psalm 31, verse 19. Oh, how great is thy goodness, which thou hast laid up for them that fear thee. Are you one of the people that reverence God, that fear God? Are you one of the people that loves God? Then God has got on reserve manifestations of his goodness that you've never experienced before, that I've never experienced before. But praise God, we've entered into a time where I believe God is going to show us his goodness in ways that is going to cause us to say, wow, hallelujah. And I'm looking forward to that. In fact, it's already happening in my life right now. And I believe God's no respecter of persons. It's going to happen to you. Stay in faith. Keep your eyes on God. Don't get distracted by what's happening around the world. Just keep your eyes on God and stay in faith and praise God. He is going to manifest His goodness in your life like you have never experienced before. You know, here's one of the testimonies about the goodness of God that I wanted to share with you. This is from Marie, and she says, God sent me a supernatural harvest, and with it, I was able to pay off $33,000 in debt Praise God, I am now debt-free and able to increase my giving to your ministry. Marie, thank you so much for sharing that wonderful testimony with us. And we praise God for that great victory in your life. And there's nothing like living debt-free. And I believe God's got more in store. So stay in faith and get ready, Marie, to experience the goodness of God once again at a higher level. Amen. And thank you for considering our ministry as good ground. And thank you for uh, your desire to sow into it on a continual basis. And I want to encourage all of you that have been blessed by this ministry, prayerfully consider becoming a partner with us. You'll help us spread the gospel throughout the world. You'll help us take uh, the word to the mission field. You'll help us uh, feed orphans, and you'll help us in building up and training pastors all over the world, opening Bible schools. This is good ground, and I want to encourage you to prayerfully consider becoming a partner with us. If you'd like more information about how to be a partner, go online and look under partnership, and it'll have all the information. And I want to thank you in advance for your consideration and your prayerful uh, uh, consideration, rather, in, in becoming a partner with us. It's a great honor, and we appreciate it very much. Don't forget now, our special offer, three CDs, Making Room for His Glory, and then Receive God's Best. This little book, it's inspiring, it's faith-building, and I know it'll bless your life. So I want to encourage you once again to join with us for part two next week, talking about God's goodness. And listen, I want to pray for you right now. Many of you are going through situations in your life that maybe look impossible, but our God specializes in doing the impossible. So, Father, I pray over all of our friends and partners right now, in Jesus' name, God, show them your glory. 
God, do the impossible in their life. Show them that you love them. Show them that you care for them and give them a miracle, a breakthrough, a turnaround in their life. And I assure you, Heavenly Father, they'll give you all the glory. Praise God. So receive that. I want you to just lift up your hands right now and say, Father, I receive Brother Jerry's prayer and I receive manifestations of your goodness in my life. Once again, thank you for joining us today. I look forward to ministering to you again next week. And until then, remember, your faith will overcome the world.